Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I am with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. I uh, appreciate you tuning in to us each and every week. Uh, go to iTunes uh, if you want to get our podcast of the program. Uh, go to Your Money, Your Wealth uh, via iTunes. Just uh, go to iTunes and search that. Um, you can also subscribe on our website at purefinancial.com and then or any else where you were fine, I guess, podcasts are. Yeah, located. well, I, I have a podcast app on my iPhone. That's where I find it. And I just type in your money, your wealth in the in the search bar. That's, that's how I do it. That's it? Boom. That's, that's, that's all I do. All right. Yeah. What else you got there, buddy? Well, we're still talking about Roth IRAs. Oh, which, we got one more or something? We, we, we do. Get all seven? Yeah, we got to do them all. You know me. <laughs> we got did six already. So What's you, the seventh? The seventh is... <laughs> You can contribute as late or as early as you want. And, and like, for example, let's just say you're in your 70s, and some of us in our 70s are still working. Some uh, of us? Some are, you, of us. I, are you in your 70s? Not yet. I'm you just feel, ima- you I'm feel Im- like it, I'm huh? imagining. <laughs> some of us in our 70s are still working. I was talking to our listeners. <laughs> some of you in your 70s. Well, I, I didn't want to make them feel bad. That's why oh, I said God. us. But we're, you and I are not there. I'm in my 50s, and you're in your 40s. Yes. Yeah, so. barely hanging on to my 50s, I'll tell you <laughs> But anyway, the point is, uh, after age 70 and a half, you cannot do an IRA contribution, uh, but you can do a Roth IRA contribution. Yeah, that's kind of unusual. Kind of, kind of weird, huh? But that's the rule. It's like, all right, at 70 and a half, I don't, because they don't want you to take the deduction? Yeah, it's, I think the idea was that you don't need to put money into retirement anymore, but then why would they let you do a Roth? And why would they let you do a 401k? What's right. the difference? Because you can put money into a 401k at any age, past 70 and yeah, a half. Yeah, you're 90. You're and, still working. And you can put plan. money into a, in a Roth IRA past 70 and a half. Right? Why can't you do an IRA? What's the rationale? There is. I don't know. I think it's like a lot of IRS law. Uh, it's like one thing layered on top of another, and someone didn't realize, oh, we already did it this way, so maybe we should be consistent. I don't so know. stupid. It's like okay, well here now they don't want people to get a deduction in an IRA. I mean, I, I don't know. And and here's another one. Why why can when you inherit a Roth IRA you cannot do a Roth conversion, but when you inherit a Roth 401k, no, when you inherit an IRA you cannot do a Roth conversion. So, sorry, when you inherit a 401k you. you can. Yeah, right. I don't know. Regular IRA you inherit it. You cannot do a Roth conversion. As, you know, as a non-spouse beneficiary. Right. Uh, you get you inherit your your parents. 401 k you can. you can convert it. Why? I don't know. Stupid. <laughs> so stupid. All right. Any, it, anyway, we do talk a lot about Roth IRAs, and I have uh, on occasion been referred to as, "Oh, you're the Roth guys." Oh, well, really? Well, I guess that's a compliment. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. I mean, we we really do believe in Roths. Roths are not for everybody. Well, I mean, there's 24 trillion dollars in retirement accounts. You and I, I would uh, say that we're pretty good experts on the. Topic. Yeah, I mean, so, and if you have all that money in a retirement account, wouldn't you rather have it go tax free? Yeah, but I mean, so I'd so, much rather be the Roth guy than the annuity guy. Well, well yeah, me too. 
I have another article that I won't even get into because it's so terrible, but it's eight proven ways to boost your income in retirement. And the and the third one is 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 get an annuity. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, I'm all right with an immediate annuity. Yeah, I'm too. But that means you're just giving your money in exchange for immediate income, right? Versus you know these deferred annuities that have benefit riders on them. I'm not. And and here's another one: dividend paying stocks. Sure. Deliver more income. Uh, of course they do. Right, and uh, borrow against your life insurance policy. Oh, we got great ideas here. Awful. These are. <laughs> This was written by an insurance agent. I can, you know, and I know there's a lot of dividend lovers out there, and we always kind of have an argument because what we do. Why do why do we not like dividend paying stocks? I love dividend paying stocks. All of our portfolios have dividend paying stocks. That's true. Let me rephrase that. Why do we not want to solely focus on dividend? Because that's a concentrated position, first of all. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of risk involved. A and then let's say, well, no, Joe, I'm buying or Al, I'm buying a, a a high yield dividend ETF or index fund or mutual fund. Right. Okay. Well, then now you're concentrated within these high dividend paying stocks, which are highly overpriced because a lot of individuals are taking, you know, hearing that because who doesn't want a dividend? I want a dividend. That's why we buy stocks. Yeah. So, I mean- You either buy it for the growth or you won't buy it for the dividend but or, how many or time, both. How many times do we hear, Joe, Al, you don't understand, with a dividend, high dividend paying stock- you get the capital appreciation and income. Sure. Right? Well, you, you, So what's wrong with that? But here's the problem is that what people don't get is that once the dividend is distributed to the individual, the stock price is reduced by the amount of the dividend. Now, that bears repeating. So a dividend is paid by the company. And if you'll notice, the next day, the stock price goes down in the same relationship. So if you have a $10 stock and they give you a dollar dividend, the stock price goes to $9 a share. Yes, that's exactly right. And people say, no, no, that's it doesn't. Not You're true. crazy. Well, I mean, no, not my dividend paying stock. <laughs> what, what do you have a, some weird That's how this works. Magical it's, stock? It's no. how it's always worked. It's called it, it's, it's capital outflow. Right. It's a business. They're <laughs> distributing capital out to you. Of course, it has to happen that way. You know, it, 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 you listen to people like Warren Buffett, and, and he's got it right. He says, I don't, I, I don't particularly want to focus on high dividend than paying stocks because then I'm going to have to pay tax at, at the company's wishes. Versus Where, my own. Whereas I, if, I take, if I invest in a stock that appreciates without paying a lot of dividends, then I can choose when I want my own dividend by selling enough shares to create the income I want. Correct. It's a synthetic dividend, if right. you will. So, right. uh, so Alan's got a strategy. You know, Alan's got a high dividend paying stock. It's worth $10 a share. It kicks out a dollar dividend, right? And he's really happy about that. I have a stock, right? It doesn't kick out any dividends, right? And it's $10 a share, but it, it, it grows. Right, the same. Let's say we have the same expected rate of return on each of the different companies. Right, yours distributes a, uh, a dividend. Mine does not. Right, right. I still need that dollar income. So what do I do? I just sell a share. Right, when I need it. And so you get the dollar that way. And I get the dollar that way. So at ten dollars, I sh- you know sell a dollar now nine dollars. Alan, his company is dependent on when that dividend is distributed. Do they cut the dividend? Are they going to increase it? I can do the exact same thing on my side, right? But I'm cutting my dividend when I see fit. So in my case, I get the dividend every year whether I want it, want it or, or not. not. And, and then you and, have to pay tax on it. And I pay tax it. on it. Yes. And if I'm reinvesting my dividend, then I'm paying tax on something I never really got in my pocket. Right. And then it's like, well, here I'm paying why am I paying all this tax? Well, because they're kicking out a lot of dividends. You're reinvesting those dividends. If you are in a high dividend strategy and you don't necessarily need the income, you have to maybe readjust 
I don't get us wrong. We're big fans of all stocks that kick out dividends or not. You just want to be a little bit more sophisticated in your strategy instead of saying, "Hey, I'm solely focusing on a high dividend yielding, you know, stock to give me my income." You could create a synthetic one. And what a couple of years ago, they were going to classify dividends as ordinary income. Right. That could easily happen again. It was in the past. Yes. Who knows under this administration what's going to happen with taxes? We have um, his tax reforms of what he wants to do. Right. Are you um, you're referring to our President Trump? Yes. Yes. Um, but, you know, nothing's concrete and things can change. Yeah. So it's just understanding the current environment that you're in and making sure that you're extremely tax efficient with the dollars that you have. Right. And I think that's, uh, and it, again, I'll go back to Warren Buffett. That's exactly what he says. It's why not have control over this. In fact, that's why his companies tend not to pay dividends because he'd rather have his shareholders, of which he is one of, be able to control when they want that income. Right. And that's the whole point because the dividend itself, when it's paid, your stock price goes down by the same amount. It's And a lot of people fight us on that, but it's it's true. That's how this works. So at any rate, Joe, it's, uh, boy, talking about dividends, talking about taxes and if you're in a high-dividend-paying strategy, it's not necessarily the most tax-efficient because... All right, uh, we got to take another break. Show's called Your Money Award. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner I'm with Al Klopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning into the program. Are we done with your little list? That was like a long-ass list. Yeah, I think so. I, I could keep going, or, or if you want to switch to something else. No, whatever you got. Okay, well, we kind of had gotten into eight proven ways to boost your retirement income. <laughs> we sort of we sort of glossed over um, buying, consider annuities for reliable income, which Joe and I are not real big fans, unless it's a, an, a, a fixed annuity that's an immediate. What is, what's, what's immediate called? annuity. Immediate annuity. Mm-hmm. Here's one. We talk about this all the time, but I guess it sort of bears repeating. Delay your retirement by a few years, right? Yeah, so that can have a gigantic impact. It's amazing. Sometimes we run analysis for people if they retire at 65 versus 68, and it's like incredibly different because what happens is in a lot of cases, people are at relatively high earning years at, at that point. So they're putting maximum amounts in their 401k. They're getting maximum matching from their employer. Right. And it's not one-to-one, right? You would think, okay, well, if I extend my retirement by two years, then that means my money would last two extra years. Right. It's it's The, the ratio is extremely higher than that. And part of this happens because you, you're at the highest savings rate that you've ever had. So if you wait another year before you start tapping into that, it grows. It starts to grow more exponentially. Right. Right. So three more years, or whatever it may be, it don't have to be three years, but it, it's just amazing. You work three more years, and your money may last another six to eight years. It, right. It's crazy how that works out. Because a couple of things is what you realize is that all right. You well, you the later you tap into your investments, of course, right? You have more compounding. That's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. So you're not tapping into your overall investments. You're still adding. You're adding to, you're that, adding so, to it. So, and you're so, delaying right. your Social Security. Those three things compounded is a dramatic impact on your overall situation. Yeah. And, and so right now, the full retirement age is, is 66 years and two months. Yes, it is. And you can wait as late as age 70 to collect Social Security. And the difference between, I'm just going to say 66 and 70, because that's what it was last year. And I know the percentage. The difference is 32%. So in other words, 
you have about a third again as much of Social Security income by waiting that extra four years. So if you if you were going to get thirty thousand at sixty six, right, you get about forty thousand at age seventy. That's a big difference. So you you let your money grow longer. You added to it. You didn't take from it, and you get higher Social Security. Now, when you add the Social Security component, sometimes working just a few more years could add ten years to your portfolio. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> it is very amazing. <laughs> oh, and that leads into uh, what else does that lead into? How about how about see whether a reverse mortgage makes yeah. sense for you? It could. It could very well. Um, we did we did a webinar on home equity, right? Right. And yes. so and that was one of the things we talked about. And so um, it's. I think it's becoming more of mainstream financial planning than ever before because of the new law changes. Yeah. And, it's it's yeah. cheaper. There's more flexibility. Um, you could watch our hour webinar on this. Um, but I think a lot of times when people talk about a reverse mortgage, it's the last resort, right? Well, that's what this they is, think. And, this and, is, uh, you know. And honestly, we used to say that too. Right. And the reason is because there, there seem to be a lot of abuses and a lot of issues and very expensive and a lot of costs. And and, and about, what, three years ago, the, it seems like some of the laws and it got changed. There's a lot more protection. It's not as expensive. And we, we don't sell reverse mortgages, but we've been, we've been kind of paying attention. And, and a lot of uh, people in our industry that are fee-only, fiduciary, that don't sell reverse mortgages are saying, hey, these are now worth a look again. Right. And that doesn't mean it's for everybody, sure. right? And a reverse mortgage, by the way, it's it's not like you're going to get millions out of it. I mean, probably the highest amount you'll get is three hundred thousand. Or well, there's jumbo ones. Maybe, there's all sorts of different types of programs that you can do. And yeah. then if you take a look at the you know the line of credit aspect of it, um, so it you know it's it's worth a look because here's how we use it um, or or look at it in two ways. Um, well, there's more than two, but here's the two main ones um, from a financial planning perspective. Right? Is that well. Speaking of Social Security, it might make sense for me to delay Social Security as long as I can to get that 8% delayed retirement credit right. from your full retirement age to age 70. Yeah. So you get that 8% delayed re- uh, credit plus whatever cost of living. I think this year's cost of living was, what, 0.01? Yeah, it was the lowest ever. That, well, that wasn't With, zero. Yeah, well, that wasn't zero. <laughs> uh, so you get the you get cost of living plus that 8% delayed credit. So that could be a, a fairly significant increase long term. So it's like, all right, well, here, I still want income when I retire. So what's another way to do this um, as I'm delaying my Social Security and I might not want to touch my investable accounts? Right. Well, you could do a reverse mortgage that could create maybe $1,000, $1,500 or something like that of income from the equity of your home, right? And that would be tax-free to you. So now you're getting some additional income where you don't necessarily have to tap in, you know, take your Social Security benefits or tap into your investments. And by the way, that income's tax-free. So on the flip side of that, looking at doing revert or um, Roth conversions, converting IRA dollars to a Roth because that income that you're receiving from the reverse mortgage is tax-free to you. So you're getting income tax-free as you're creating more tax-free income long-term by doing Roth conversions and delaying your Social Security. Yeah, so, so it's it's, kind a, of a, it's a supplement. It's a tri- bridge, triple combo, and that that's a really that's that's a perfect combination for some people because it's like, all right, I'm going to get more Social Security, and by the way, up to fifteen, well, at, at least fifteen percent of Social Security is tax free. Sometimes more, depending upon your income level, and the money in the Roth is tax free. 
right? So it's it, it, it does a couple things for you. And again, it's another compounding effect. It's like with with planning, it's not it should it should be like one plus one is two. But no, sometimes one plus one equals four. True. Right. So if you do, all right. Well, if I if I have the right Social Security combination, if I understand the taxation of the Social Security income that I'm going to receive, should I look at an, another way to create income which I could receive and not necessarily pay any tax on it to take other dollars that would be taxed to me ordinary income by converting those into a tax-free vehicle down the road? So it, it, it's it's not like looking at things in a silo. You have to look at your taxes, your investments, your retirement income strategy, and also your estate planning all in one fell swoop here, right? And I think that is missed by a lot of individuals that do this themselves. They look at, well, here, I'm just focused on my investments and I have this asset allocation. And then they, um, well, I'm doing my own taxes, right? But they're not looking at, well, your investments cost tax. And they might not be looking long-term to say, well, wait a minute, I might be paying more taxes in retirement than I ever thought I would because all of my money is in retirement accounts because I try to save tax diligently throughout my life by maxing out pre-tax retirement plans. Sure. Right? And then you have to look at, well, how much money do I want to go to the next generation? What's the best asset to pass there? Is it a 401k plan? That's probably the worst asset to pass. Is it a Roth IRA? That might be the best asset to pass. So- it's not looking at one. You have to look at all of this because it's all intertwined. Got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klopine. He's uh, Big Al. Oh, Hey, Al, uh, since we're talking Roth IRAs, I got an email question for you. Okay. Um, can I claim a loss from my Roth IRA? Can I claim a loss from the Roth IRA? Yeah. So let's say, um, so I have a Roth IRA that was opened up 10 years ago. Okay. I have contributed about $15,000 and lost uh, 80% of it due to some stocks that I invested in. Bummer. Can I claim this 80% loss on my tax return? Uh, the answer is no. I know that I can claim up to $3,000 a year for capital losses and regular investments. True. But can I claim my loss in the Roth IRA when I withdraw the money or sell the stocks? Yeah, interestingly enough, once a, once any kind of dollar goes into a Roth IRA or regular IRA for that matter, the capital gain rules don't apply anymore. So you don't you don't get to claim the gains or losses if it's a Roth IRA. There's there, you don't pay any taxes on the gain, but the flip side is you don't get any benefit for the loss either. There's some convoluted rule. That there isn't, there isn't, an, if you have a loss in an IRA and you can, if you take it out in, in quick enough time, you can put it as a miscellaneous itemized Something deduction. Like that, right? I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah. I don't usually go over that because it's too complicated. It's way too complicated <laughs> for the show. <laughs> it's too complicated for me. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the general answer <laughs> is no. When, once the money goes into the Roth IRA, it's, you don't pay tax on the on the growth, but you don't get any deduction for the loss. So so don't get crazy with your Roth IRAs. Don't speculate with those dollars and have it go down to zero because then you then you got a bunch of money into it that is after tax money that you already paid taxes on. You lose it, you get no benefit. Right. You gotta be prudent on your investment strategy when it comes to Roth planning. Yeah. I think you you want to have assets that have higher expected returns than others, but yeah. you don't want to speculate 
Right. So, so I'm all for smaller companies and value companies because they tend to outperform larger companies over and a long companies period of time. Over a long period of time, and a Roth IRA should be a long-term investment. But I don't, I don't want one or two of them. That's speculating. Right. Or penny stocks I, or right. something stupid I, like I that. Right. I want a I want an index fund that has a thousand of them. That's what I want, and that's what you should want too. Because now you've you've got something that likely has a higher expected return over time. Right. It's over. I got to say that because it's not every year. Right. So, and, some years they they underperform other kinds of stocks. Or just understand that it's it's a, it's difficult to get money into a Roth IRA because, A, there's contribution limitations. You can only, you know, fifty five hundred dollars or sixty five. Um, so it, it's not like a brokerage account where it's unlimited. If you got millions, right, whatever, you can speculate with some of those assets. But with Roth, you got to be careful there because the, the IRS only allows you a certain dollar figure. And then if you convert money, that's unlimited. But just realize you're paying tax as you convert those dollars. Sure. So now you pay the tax. Now it goes into the account. And if that account loses 80%, well, you lost more than 80% because you paid tax going into it, too. Right. Right. So um, you just want to be prudent in your overall strategy. Hey, this is from a, a younger listener, Al. Okay. Good. I'm 22 years old and currently applying to pharmacy schools. Okay. okay. I've been accepted to one school and waiting to hear back from a few others. I will likely incur somewhere from $150,000 to $200,000 in student loans after graduation. Oh, boy. That number is incredibly daunting. I'd like advice on investment or saving strategies so I can begin making headway on the loans before I graduate. I've opened a Roth IRA and I'm currently investing in ETFs. I also invest in lending club loans and real estate crowdfunding site. How else can I further prepare myself for the student debt? Wow. Okay. I'm going to be like the dad because I have two sons, one age 24 and one age 26. And if they came to me with this, I would, I would kind of flip out and I, and I would say, no, this isn't a good course of action. Let, let's think about this. I mean, if it, if it's going to be pharmacy, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad profession, but let's, let's look at all, all the potential avenues. There's got to be certain schools that you're not going to incur 150 to 200,000 of debt. I've got to believe that. Maybe it's, maybe it's a state school. It's not a private school, but it's, it's something that you're going to end up. I, I don't want any of my kids or any of your kids to have one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand. But debt. that's the trend, Al. I know, and I don't. Did you? I saw a stat here that you know retirees. They're now the federal government has the, uh, taken more money out of Social Security benefits, debited Social Security benefits, right? Because of student loan debt that grandparents picked up for their grandchildren. Yeah, and it's, and it's not getting paid, so they're they're withholding. It. You got it. Yeah. But all right, so. I can see where this guy's coming from. He's got you. You want to go? Well, 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 pharmacists they make good money. They do. He's twenty-two. I'm not saying they don't. All right. So let's just say this. Okay, you got the two hundred thousand dollars. Now you're going to be twenty-six, twenty-seven years old when you're out of school. Mm-hmm. Say something like that. Whatever. Depends on how smart the guy is or right. girl is. So what does a pharmacy make? A pharmacist. One hundred fifty thousand. Probably hundred plus. I, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I would do this. I would. Start living, right? If 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 you're spending, let's say, thirty thousand dollars a year to live, right? As a twenty-two year old, maybe it's forty. I don't know, thirty thousand dollars. Then you get your paycheck of a hundred thousand dollars. You still live on thirty thousand dollars a year, 
and you rapidly pay those off. You're, he's saving money, right? He's 22. He's got a Roth IRA. He's got some ETFs. He's doing some lending club stuff, um, crowdfunding. All right, I like that. But you have to say, all right, you've got to come up with a strategy to say, if I have this debt, right, 200000 at this time frame, here's going to be my debt payments after that, right? I like where he's, he's like, I'm going to incur this down the road. So if I if I can get, how do I get ahead of this thing? Right. Right? Well, you look at, all right, A, living as a pauper <laughs> and then taking everything else that you make when you make that paycheck and you throw it to- towards that debt as fast as you can. Here's what you should not do, all right? Because what happens, Al, right? Your kid gets a job now, 150000 bucks. How much are they going to spend that first year? Yeah, one fifty. One seventy, right? Another twenty thousand dollars in debt. That's what happens. The more people make, the the more they spend. Right. And so you have to just get yourself in a mindset to say, all right, here's what I'm spending. I know I'm going to have this big debt looming over my head, and whatever the payment is, and you know, it's, it's a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage is going to right push that thing out thirty years. It might cost you a couple thousand a month, but for this individual, no, you're you're, you're going to put forty thousand a year. To this debt, fifty thousand. If you're making that type of money, is my, I, I think is how I would want to look at this. Yeah, I still don't like it. But but it, so what you're saying uh, is is true, and you look at this sort of like a like a businessman would. In other words, here's the cost. How am I going to pay it I know, but I think you you know why you hate this so much is because you probably spent that on college education. Uh, I did on my second son. I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why you're all bitter. I don't like you got it. Bitter beer taste, right? And now. then, and then you, you spend that on undergraduate. Oh, by the way, Dad, I need another two hundred thousand. <laughs> so, like what? So Clothesline so, so has spent this. I still, I, I still want you to think outside the box. I want you to go to a state school. I want you to get a. You're going to a community college. I, I want. I want you to prove yourself before. I want, I'm going. I want you to get a job at the state school so you get discounted tuition. I want you to live with twenty other people and have a part-time job. <laughs> I'm going Dave Ramsey on this so, one. So, yeah. so if Al could go back in time, he's, he's speaking from experience because yeah, don't, he don't, don't make forked out a couple hundred thousand dollars just recently uh, for a four-year education for was, his youngest it was, son. It was probably only one eighty. <laughs> oh, you got a discount, huh? Yeah. Uh, because I did all these cool things. Yes, right. I, I tried to get a job at at, at, uh, at University of Colorado, but they wouldn't hire me. They wouldn't, huh? They said we don't need any CPAs that talk about Roth IRAs. <laughs> oh yeah. man! Oh, well. well, yeah, that's the problem. I mean, because what student loans are so easy to get. They are right. Yes. And so, it, I mean, we we saw we saw a couple once that. Um, was it a dentist and a doctor, and they had a million, million dollars, dollars of debt? Million bucks. Now it was—I think it was—if I'm not mistaken—it was about six hundred thousand of student loan debt. It was four hundred thousand of buying a, a dental practice. Yep. It was over a million. It was right. like one point one, one point two million. Yeah, and the dental practice was like in Hemet or some, right? It wasn't even that profitable. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so there is—I uh, do agree with the concept of what you're saying, uh, uh, but. If you're going to incur any debt, which I really don't like when it comes to college, but sometimes it's unavoidable, sure. then, then have a plan to pay it off. Right. And and if you're going to incur that kind of debt, make sure it's a profession that will pay. I mean, if if you're going to incur that kind of debt to go into philosophy, <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> Unless you're going to be a philosophy <laughs> professor at Stanford. <laughs> 
This is good stuff. This is good stuff. Oh, my little spice. I'm just, I don't like <laughs> that's this. A, that's, a, that's a hot bun. We're going to talk about student debt every week. All right, we got to dig a break. We'll come back and wrap this show up. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, uh, welcome back. Uh, show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, Joe Anderson here. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Kulpine. He's a CPA. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We're wrapping the show up today. Hopefully you enjoyed it. All right. Um, here's another. This is on the other side of the spectrum. Now we got another email question. Actually, that one was actually titled, My Father Paid $200,000 in Debt. <laughs> How can I get him to do it again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my dad paid 200000 for my undergrads. Now I need 200000 for grad. What What suggestions? What, how can I, I'm really thinking about going back to school. How can I con them into that because. amount? <laughs> Actually, I have an answer for that because I did it. Here's my answer is, is, son, love for you to go to graduate school, but I will pay half of the tuition of a college, of, of a California state school? In, in-state tuition. Half? Half. Of it, yeah. So what's that, 10 grand? Yeah, something like that per, per year? year. Probably less than that. Another 40 Maybe <laughs> just ring it up. Look at the big wallet on Big Al. I wish I was your kid. But see, I'll pay ten if my kid's going to pay ten. Yeah, that's but I'm not going to pay two hundred again, <laughs> even if I adopt a kid. <laughs> adopt a kid from Africa. Yeah, right. Uh, you're going to community college, yes, and yes. Uh, then then maybe um, your mom can work at San Diego State, and you can get in for free. There you go. <laughs> How about this? Um, should I retire early to take care of my parents? Okay. All right. All right. That's... Within the next six months, um, I plan to quit working so that I can relocate and take care of my parents. Okay. I'll be 50 years old at that time. Oh, I have boy. no debt, not married. Have yeah. no children. Have no life. All of... <laughs> Does uh, it say that? No. Nope. That's commentary. Uh, uh, all of my... I'm just feeling depressed reading this. <laughs> all of my living expenses will be paid for by my parents. As compensation for taking care of them. Okay. In addition, um, I have a $700,000 nest egg. Okay. Many friends and colleagues are telling me I'm ridiculous to retire so early. I don't agree. What is your opinion? Wow. Well, let's see. I guess the parents are paying everything. So does that, we don't know how well off they are. We don't know how many beneficiaries. Is she the only child? Or we don't know. Well, no idea. I mean, let's just say... Let's just say she's an only child and her parents are loaded. I'd say go for it. <laughs> There's my answer. <laughs> right. Well, right? But if the parents have a few hundred thousand bucks. All right. Well, let's just say this. And, and there's 10 kids. So I said you're, you're crazy. I, I don't think you're – I would not call this retirement. I would say, hey, you are a wonderful child that is taking care of um, your elderly parents. Um, I have an elderly parent that's living with me right now. That's <laughs> – so, but I'm not retiring. Well, it's true, but that's just her vacation home. Yes, yeah, so I know my house is my What, vacation. six or seven bedrooms or something? Yeah, no, it's not that much. It's five. Five. Yes. It's so. still pretty good for a single guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you go big, I'll tell you. It's a little house. It's, but it's, just, it's a little house. It just yeah, has these little, little tiny. Oh, anyway, all right. You have to have so, like a walkie-talkie in that house. Yes, call, right. Call your mom. Uh, mom, I'm I'm on the third floor. <laughs> right. Come on up. She yeah, she can't make it upstairs. Um, I all right. So all right. So fifty. So you gotta look at this. Is that yeah? I think take care. Have a little hiatus, if you if you will. Right. 
how bad of shape is mom and dad? Are they going to live another 20 years or are they going to live another two years, right? you got to kind of take a look at that. If they're going to live another 20 years and pay the bills, what the heck, right? If they're going to live a couple years, well, it's like, all right, you're 50. That's pretty young. And you have $700,000. Well, you probably, let's say if they pass in a couple of years, now you're 52. Right. You still have 40 years of life. $700,000 is not going to cut it. No. Unless right. they're loaded. I'll go back unless to my- they, in, Unless, yeah, unless- And you're the sole beneficiary. In, yes, and they inherit a bunch of money. <laughs> right. Um, but so, I, I, so I would say that th- this person's ridiculous. No, and actually, and so trying to be a little bit more serious now, this is really common. But very much so. Very common. And in fact, it's, it's why the stats are roughly 50% of the people out there retire earlier than they expect to. And this is one of the main reasons they're taking care of somebody, whether it's parents or spouse- and I think, honestly, I think that's great. I think you've got a big heart. I would say you, you, you're a saver. I, I like your approach, Joe, which this, this may not be forever. You can always go back and work. This isn't a forever retirement. Right. But, uh, no, I'd say it, you, you got $700,000, which probably means you had a job that was, was – Highly a, compensated. Highly compensated for you to save that and much. And had a 401K and they probably worked right. there for 20 years. Right. So, yeah, I, I, you know, there's, we don't have enough facts to really <laughs> – say yay or nay, but yeah, there's a lot of positives here. I, I don't think you're crazy either. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to call it retirement, I wouldn't say it's retirement. I would be a, it's a, it's a, a hiatus probably. Yeah. It's, um, it's a break. It's a sabbatical, yeah, what, sabbatical whatever or... you want to, whatever term you want to use. Sure. It's, it's just to imply to your friends, this isn't necessarily a permanent thing. Right. Unless the parents are loaded. Then it's permanent. <laughs> then it's permanent. Then I'm good. So, 